What's up? Welcome to the Mind and My Creative Business Podcast. I am your host, Shy Speaks. And I am your host, Ron Ironic Lee. And, and before Ron tells you what we're talking about, I want you to know that this is the number one podcast for creative entrepreneurs to have strategy, to get structure and self-development all in one place. Ron, what are we talking about today? So today is episode two, Dose, and we're <laughs> going to be talking about CEO versus creative or creative versus CEO. Or have order you want to put it in, but pretty much how do we transition from being a creative or a creator? into a CEO. Mm, that's good because it's different. Exactly. But then there's similarities. So let's just hop straight into it. Like we want to talk about uh, what is the difference and what are the similarities uh, for uh, like a CEO and a creative type? Like you want to just get straight into it? Let's go. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's dive into it. We, yeah, no time okay. for the pleasantries. We already did that. Let's get into the meat. Okay. All right. So let's start with since everybody here is a creative entrepreneur, they see themselves as a creative right before the entrepreneur. Let's start with the creative side. What uh, is a creator? No, no, no. Let's do it backwards. Let's, let's, let's hop into the CEO. Let's talk about the CEO. Go ahead, Ron. Let's talk about it. All right. So a CEO. Right. So first of all, we know it's an acronym. So we need to know what that acronym is. Right. So it stands for chief executive officer, right? So the CEO provides leadership for all aspects of the company's operations with an emphasis on long-term goals, growth, profit, and a return on investment. Cool. Cool. Okay. So I like the definition. People are like, I mean, I know what a CEO is. Well, first of all, we got to be clear because it's an executive position. Exactly. Uh, it's an operational position. It's a position that focuses on long term. But the part that I like about it is that it's a position that focuses on growth and profits and return on investment, which could not be the case with a creator. But, but before I jump ahead, let's talk about what is a creator. All I'll right. give a definition. Go ahead. Uh, Go a ahead. creator. You, you, you can give one. But one I want to say is a, a person who invents produces or makes things is called a creator right invents produces or makes things that's a creator you period. got another definition no that's it the period that's that's when we think of somebody that's a creative or a creator that's it in a nutshell in a nutshell right so um let's talk about the differences right here what's the difference in between the creator type and the chief executive officer like just looking at those two type of definitions so, I mean, the creative, they're just solely focusing on creative, creating, I mean, right? Where it's like, okay, I want to get better at creating, so let me create more, right? They focus on the craft of creating, right? So, it's like, let's say, you know, if you're a videographer, you learn things about video. You learn about the, the ISO. You learn about aperture. You learn about all these things that go into the craft of it. So, that's where your attention is fo solely focused on is the craft of creating and becoming a better creator and creating more. Right. It, it's, it's the phenomenon whereby something new is innovated. Something valuable is formed, mm -hmm. right? Um, something could be intangible, like, or it could be physical. It, it doesn't, it, it could be created in the mind. Like it can be proprietary thoughts. It could mm -hmm. be, you know, so it's something that is innovated, right? But it is something that is valuable. And when we talk about it being valuable, that's where we can then begin to assign price to it and um, and make it a service or a product. Right. That's exactly. where we start getting into the business aspect. But something valuable first has to be formed. So you definitely you, in order to even be any type of business, something had to be formed. So we exactly. see an innovation happening there. Exactly. Yeah. And then the part that you talked about is just the act of like working on creating something new all the time that's yep. that that's the only difference is that um it's that you're you're creating something new you're using your imagination you're bringing ideas into reality yep. and all of that is cool but if you get you stay right there you're just consistently creating and consistently creating innovation and and corporations what they call that is r d right Sometimes like there's a research and development department that specifically is researching new uh, ideas, new products, new um, old patterns um, to find things that 
maybe problems that they can solve. And then they're developing either new products or new software or whatever to meet those problems. So innovation is always happening in a company from those who are both uh, historical researchers, thinkers, and from those who are developers and creators. So we, we have yeah. to have that. Uh, it's just the difference. Give them the difference. Definitely. Right. So once again, so the creative, you're solely focusing on creating. But when we talk about the CEO, right, they're focusing more so, once again, it's, it's already an executive role. So we're already thinking executive. We're thinking operations. So how does my, my brand or my business, like what needs to be in place for me to function? What systems and processes need to be in place, right? And once again, we're thinking about long-term goals. So if I'm saying that, okay, we're going to be a seven-figure or eight-figure uh, brand, right? And this is my product and service that I offer. How do I get to where I am now to where I want to go from a financial standpoint? So we're looking at we're looking at those systems and processes. We're looking at, OK, what do I need in order for me to grow? And we kind of talked about that last episode where we talked about the artisan. Right. Or the artesian, however you say it. Right. Mm -hmm. or, the, or the technician. Right. Where they're good at this one skill. But then how do you scale it? So that goes to the CEO is like, OK, how do I scale it? How do I take it from? where it is now to where we're trying to be. How do we make a profit? Because it's one thing to generate revenue, but then when you want to, once again, understanding that you have expenses, right? And your income and your expenses offset each other. So it's like, okay, no, but how do I make a profit? Right. right. And then how do I get a return on said investment, whether I'm investing my time as a creative, because you're spending time creating and you're also probably spend some resources. So how do I get a return on the investment of the time and the resources or money that I put into what it is that I'm creating? Let, let's let's pack, unpack right there. We, we talked about long term and you talked about getting a return on investment because that was one of the definitions or ideas that comes along with being a CEO, right. thinking about a return on investment. Whereas being a creative in and of itself, not a creative entrepreneur, but just a creator or a creative, you may or may not be thinking about a return on investment. You could simply right. be thinking about like, oh, I'm going to go, maybe I'm a videographer or a filmmaker and I'm going to go buy a $3,000 uh, camera Right. I'm going to buy a $3,000 camera so that I can what make high quality videos and I yeah. can work on this uh, camera angle and these edits. And then I can put it in an Adobe and I can make these flashes and all of those things that you're doing. So you want it to be high quality. So you spent the 3000 but it was not spending the 3000 with the mindset of how am I going to make a return? You're, you're investing right. in the creativity because you spent the 3000 exactly. so that you can have a higher quality, but you may or may not be thinking about how to get a return on investment if you have not tapped into that creative entrepreneurship mode, if you're not really operating from that CEO. So as a CEO, I'm automatically thinking, OK, I know that I make music videos. Right. And I can go and make music videos for these particular artists at five hundred dollars a pop. And if I make six music videos. Right. I just made the $3,000 back or yeah. we live in a content creation generation. And so if I see this person over here, over here, they need content created. I can like say, Hey, I'll come and sit down and record all your content in one day. And I'm going to work on my camera chicks and you can do all the little things you were going to do in premiere and Adobe and all the flash effects and all the stuff that you wanted to create, but you're going to do it on that, but they're going to pay you. Mm -hmm. Right. So what happened is I'm creating, but I've actually created value something valuable that they right. need. Now I have a service. Now, if I can sell uh, this for $300, I'll give you so many videos for $300. I need to sell this to 10 different people, you know, and now I can make that $3,000 back. Right. I can have a return yeah. on my investment. Yeah. It's almost so like with the CEO, you have to learn how to reverse engineer what it is that you're trying to do from a income, uh, income standpoint. Right. So where like, once again, I'm saying, if you're saying, okay, I know that I, and once again, yeah, creatives and CEOs just approach it differently. Like a creative, you're solely approaching it to create, right? You're yeah. solely approaching it like, I just want to create this. It makes me feel good. I like it, right? I know somebody else may like it, but if they don't, oh, well, I know I like it. So I'm just creating where a right. CEO is like, okay, I'm creating something, but I'm now I'm taking this create, this, this creation, I'm taking it to market now. 
So in order for me to take it to market, there's some things that I got to see to make sure first, is there a market for it? And if it's a market for it, how do I get this to the market? Right. And then what's going to be the, 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 the cost to take it to market? What's going to be the cost that I'm trying to recoup? Like you said, OK, the three thousand dollars I spent on this equipment. How do I first of all, I got to get that money back. And then once I get that money back, once I recoup that money that's invested now, how do I turn a profit? So it's just two yeah. different approaches. Right. It's two, two, right. Different, two different approaches. Because 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 what will happen is if you're going back to our example about the videographer, if you're not thinking about, OK, I've I've made a return on investment, that's fine. But as a CEO of a company, if you're not thinking about making a profit, then you're not going to be able to make a living. Right. If all you did was break even, then you're not making it. You, you know, so now it's like, OK, how many more videos do I need to create? And then eventually, maybe you can get to that film that you're trying to produce or that documentary that you're trying to create. And then you can put that out and get that deal and so forth and so on. But in order for there to be a business, there has to be something of value that is being sold. Exactly. And then you have to move from it being sold as a creative to actually watching the margins, watching the key performance indicators is what they would call it. Right. Uh, how am I performing on return investment wise? How am I performing on profit? How am I performing on growth? What, what's going on? Like, am I OK? I started off doing just um, five, five or six videos for artists. Now I'm able to do like 20 videos a month because I started getting my word out there. People know about me. So now I'm doing 20 videos at $500 a piece. Now I'm at, what's that? $10,000 or what? I don't know what, the, you know, so now, okay, things are going and I see myself growing. And so that, those are the things that you're thinking about when you're coming from a creative entrepreneur yeah. perspective. That's, that's the difference is that you're thinking long-term. Here's the sim, sim, similarity. I would say, I'm sorry. The difference is that you're thinking about return on investment, profit and growth. The similarity, though, when you go back to that definition, is that you're thinking long term. It said the chief executive officer is uh, has they're looking at all aspects of the company, the company's operations, and they have an emphasis on long term goals. Yeah, I would like to say it's easy for creatives to transition into the CEO mindset, because as a creative, you already think long term. I know you do. I met, I'm always around creatives, Ron. I'm sure you're always around creatives, whether they are videographers, florists, going back to the filmmaker. I, I met a guy the other day. He said, he said, I said, what you been up to? He said, man, I got a documentary I'm working on. He was like, then after that, I'm going to do this documentary. And then after that, I have this documentary. He was like, so it's, it's crazy. I got, I have ideas and stuff that's in the works and I'm working on different ones. So you, that's a long-term strategy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Creatives are, are, are visionaries at heart. Right. So what you said, they can see, big picture they can see mm -hmm. further down the line right so they like you said they have that long term in place it's just the long term focus is different but the the long being able to think long term and longevity they do have that in common i agree with you on that right that's a similarity so you already yeah. have a ceo has to be a visionary a ceo has to be a long term thinker Definitely. a ceo has to think about things that are that our company is innovating and products that we already have and like keeping them both going, right? Yeah. So you have the, uh, if you're a CEO of Chick-fil-A, for example, you have the regular old number one chicken sandwich, but every now and then you're coming out with a new strawberry watermelon tea. You're coming out with a new, you know, they're, they're thinking yeah. about those things as well and how we're going to launch those and bring those to the market and so forth and so on. So, but but I think that I want creatives to be encouraged. Yeah. And, and, and realize that you already have what it takes. You already think long term. Go ahead. That, no, I mean, you you, you threw Chick-fil-A out there. So, yeah, we, we have probably talked about this in later episodes, but just even this, that scarcity piece where you, you mentioned, OK, they may bring out like one. They have this this watermelon mint iced tea that I love, mm -hmm. but it's not an all year round thing. Right. So that mm -hmm. creates that scarcity. So, you know, a CEO, somebody is thinking, OK, we're going to bring it out here. This is going to drive sales up. You know what I'm saying? Because once again, it's new and they know they can only get it for this amount of time. It's not mm -hmm. going to be there all the time. And then we're going to have it for a couple months. Then we're going to pull it. Then when people come in, be like, where is that? It, it ain't going to be there. So they can be like, oh, man. But then when we bring it out next year around the same time, because it's a seasonal product, right? right. We're gonna It's going to drive sales for us and it's going to keep them wanting to come back 
for that particular product, knowing that they can only get a certain time. But that yeah, understanding scarcity, once again, that's something that a, a CD a CEO would understand, right? Right. That's the strategy. Yeah. Now I have long-term goals, yeah. but I'm coupling that with long-term vision. So long-term, I want to stay in business. That's, yeah. that's let's be everybody's yeah. goal is to stay in business, right? So and then the long-term goal is I want to continue to make sales, so I keep doing what we're doing. But then I want to grow or I want to make profit. And so how am I going to do that? This is just one strategy. I have a product that can be produced. If it's watermelon, watermelon is a seasonal fruit. So, I mean, it can be, I mean, in in, in an organic sense. No, look at me. Yeah, right, right. And so you can produce anything all year round genetically modified, right? But in an organic sense, watermelon has a season. So we're going to be able to get as much watermelon as we can, make this and make it a seasonal product. And it's going to be great. They're going to get it. They're going to come back and get it again. They're going to love it. So that's a strategy. So now as a creative now, it's not just we just didn't make this product like, oh, just we just have this juice now. It's like there's a strategy that comes. I, I like yeah. that. No, but I like you say that, too. So the creative would be like, OK, once again, we just yo, I want to make this new this new lemonade, this watermelon mint lemonade. We're going to put it out. We're going to create this product. Boom. Take it to market. And it's out there. But like you said, the CEO is strategizing like, wait a minute. No, let's create the product. But we're not going to make the product available all the time. We're only going to make this product available certain times of the year. So, and that's going to drive our revenue more than if we left it to be a staple product. You wow. know what I'm because because it's not just when you when when you're driving profit, you are keeping expenses down and you're trying to do sales. So yes, he's talking run, you're talking about scarcity, supply and demand. That's what's making yeah. people get it. But also, if I try to keep it all year round. It's going to be mm -hmm. more expensive to produce this organic watermelon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right. I don't want it to be, I want to do it at a certain time mm -hmm. where it's more affordable. So my profit margins are even higher when yeah. it's cheaper to make watermelon. So they think all of that's yeah. being, yeah. you see what I'm saying? That, <laughs> no, that's no. all being, yeah. that's no. all being considered. I love it. I love it. Like the cool thing about listening to this podcast is you're going to always hear run tap in and talk about strategy and how it how it coincides with the brand and the overall concept of the business and i'm going to lean in to talk about like the systems and the structure that must be in place in order for that to happen when we talk about profit right there is you gotta have you, you have to have both there, there's a both and there right so yeah. i'm thinking about the supply chain of the matter right because the the timing on when you can get this cheaply and you can get this produced and you don't have to wait for it and all that kind of stuff that's what i'm thinking about that's the when is this readily available ron is thinking okay what's the strategy on how you do that and so as a ceo you'd be thinking that way if you were stuck in creator mode you'd be like man that, that watermelon mint tea was busting oh let me see what else i can do now I can do a great. Now I'm just making up, you know, that. No, listen, and that's one of the biggest things when I'm as a as a coach who coaches creatives that try to help them transition from creative to creative, creative preneur. That's the biggest thing is trying to get them to see to pull back on creating. Like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I want you to create. Yes, create. Yes, create more. Be innovative. But just because you create more doesn't mean you have as a creative preneur right you have to take that more to market right now that's something that you may want to delay doing or hold off on doing it i'm saying i'm not saying don't create because you can't tell a creative not to create that's right. like telling a fish not you know what i'm saying swim. not to swim right <laughs> it's like you that's that that's you can't do that right so i'm telling you create but just when we when we're talking about now creative preneurship when we talk about being that ceo you may want to hold off taking that to market because you still got this this original thing that is a phenomenal product, right? You have proof of concept to where there's people that's been buying it from you, but you've only showed it sold it to this small, you know, subset of people because you haven't taken the time to market it and push it out to, you know, what I'm saying whoever your niche or your audience or your market may be. So it's like, yo, wait a minute before you go on to the next thing, the the shiny object, right? Let's stay here for a minute, right? And let's right. now put a strategy and a plan behind this to take right. that to market. So it's it's create and then take time to be the CEO mm, and exactly. mind your business behind what you just created. You see what you did? <laughs> That's it. Mind, mind your business. 
Mind your business. Mind your creative <laughs> business. Come on. All right. So another thing we want to talk talk about, um, and we're gonna like later on. I'm gonna go back and answer something that I said that I would in episode one, which is talking about like delegation and batching and automations right. and how all of that goes into having the mindset of a CEO. But before we get into that, um, I want to actually talk about one more aspect of being a CEO that a creative has to tap into, and that is embracing scalability. You have to first believe that what you're doing is scalable because we talk, right. I'm saying scalable, but the word that we used earlier in that definition of a CEO, it talked about growth, profit, and return on investment. So far, right. we talked about return on investment. Cool. I got to pay for the $3,000 camera. Cool. I got to pay for the studio time. I just spent all this money on the studio time. How am I going to recoup that on the song I just created? Or cool. I just made this balloon arch or whatever it is that you just made. Like, how am I going to re? We got it. Return on investment. Talked about profit. Putting some type of strategy in place of watching your expenses and figuring out ways to blow up the sale of a thing, your revenue. Right. But we didn't talk about the growth piece. So I want to talk about that. Growth is the same thing as like scaling in, in a sense. Right. How can I grow my business? Yeah. Right. Growing my business may or may not may may or may not more than likely will not until uh, creating another thing. Right. So how do how do we grow something? And I think that uh, a lot of times creatives feel like what they're doing is not scalable. Right. How can I grow it when it's just me? I'm the person I make the balloon arches or I'm the person I do the flowers. I got to go pick the flowers. I trim them. I bring them to the wedding. Like they don't they don't see where there's room for scalability. You want to speak to that for a little bit? Yeah. No, listen, no matter what you do, it's always room for scalability. Right. But once again, that's being able to focus as that CEO. So like, OK, let's let's talk about the the balloon arch person. Right. Once again, when we talk about scaling, being able to grow, once your time is limited, so you can't spend all your time buying the flowers, buying the balloons. Then you got to figure out the design. Then you got to put the design together. So a way for you to scale may be, OK, maybe I have somebody that's a buyer. Right. Maybe I have somebody that buys the flowers and the balloons for me. Um, if I, Let's say I want to be the designer. So here, how about I do the designs? But now I can bring on people that can create them for me. Right. To where now. I'm not spending my time creating, but I'm spending my time designing, not have somebody else doing the shopping. And then, you know what I'm saying? So right. it's just, and, and I might have somebody else go out and get the clients that does my marketing and promotion for me. So that's that's the way where you can scale. Now let's say, okay, but I'm a recording artist. Well, so how do I scale? There's always ways to scale, especially as a, as a recording artist, something like that, right? right. It's like, okay, then what you, what you do for you to scale is you're going to grow your audience, grow your fan base, but not once you grow your audience and grow your fan base, let's say you may only have, okay, all I'm doing is offering um, music. Only all I'm doing is offering streaming, right? But for you to scale it now to be able to increase revenue, maybe you want to add a product line where, okay, now I'm not just giving them music, but I'm also giving them merch or I'm not just giving them music and merch, but are you doing a live show? Right. And or, or in person or, or online live show like there's always ways to scale it, no matter what your business is. And you just once again, you have to start thinking as a CEO and figuring out, OK, how can I scale it based on what it is that I do? So those are just a couple. But like you said, if, if we, I know in, in the first episode, we talked about being a baker. So having pastries and you go from one one facility that you're providing for to maybe multiple so you're able to scale that way. So right. So hold on, hold on. You're getting into it because we're kind of <laughs> leaning into we go, we gotta, we gotta pay these bills and stuff like that. But I, I listen, because you're talking about batching. So first of all, you're just talking about delegation. Right. That's one way to scale. But now you're talking about batching. And I said I was gonna talk about that here in a minute. I just wanted them to embrace the idea. Yeah. That even as a creative, there is room to scale. So you believe 100 percent there's always room to scale. It's always room to scale. Yeah, right. it, always, always. Yeah, always. especially if, if it's not delegation, if you can't delegate that, there's something you can do to batching. We can talk about right. it here in a minute. Or and automate. we can talk about this other piece, which is automation. Yep. And we can talk about another piece that I want to, but let's do this. Let's just go ahead before we talk about how, because I got some perfect examples of people who are creatives and they scaled. Yeah. Things that you would think like, nah, you can't scale that. It, this is just me doing it, and it's just gonna be me, and that's it. Yeah. We're gonna talk about it here in a second, but first, let us pay these bills. What's the irony? 
<laughs> it's because it's us in different color clothing. I mean, listen, we've been doing a lot of talking and we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to make a statement as well. Because we've seen people make statements with their athletic apparel. We've even seen people make statements as entrepreneurs. But one thing I haven't seen is somebody make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. So right. what we've done is we have given you an opportunity to make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So if they want to make sure that they're rocking that creativepreneur gear, where can they go get that? You can go get that gear from whatstheirony.com. <laughs> Hey, I told you we were going to pay the bills, but it was really just us. Uh, there are no current sponsors at this particular moment. We want you guys to be the sponsors by going out and getting that gear because it helps support the channel. But more importantly, it helps you rock out with what you really are. And that is a creative entrepreneur. You ready to keep it going? Ron. Yeah, let's let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Okay. So I said that we were going to give some examples because we I just want them to embrace the idea, right? That it's totally possible. Yeah. So we talked about you already leaned in, you already talked about delegation, you already talked about batching. And we were just giving some examples of like, okay, let's roll with that. But let's give true real world people who've been able to scale things that you would think are unscalable as a creator. All right. So I want to start. I have one. I would say that people who feel like they they do maybe YouTube videos, right? Mm -hmm. create those are now considered creators, right? Creators, YouTubers, right? And so they sit down at their computer or wherever their desk is, and they make they make videos, right? It's them always making the videos. So how can I delegate that? I I can't delegate the part that only I can do, right? So what we found is most creators started leaning towards things like batching this is how they were able to grow so right. instead of recording a video if they say i'm going to have a video drop every week instead of them just recording one a week what they do is sit down and record four all at once all right and this the same individual records four videos and they're all ready and all they have to do is schedule them to go out week by week mm -hmm. and so they've kind of savored their time and so now instead of every week some time being having to go to that and then editing they're, they're, they're doing it all at once or not only not only did they record four videos, if there's any editing being done, they then delegate it, which is right. where they outsource and sent those four videos to an editor to help add the transitions, the beginning, the intro, chop out any unnecessary things. Right. So now they're not the person who's sitting there spending time editing if that's not their strong suit. Exactly. Right. So where that was taking up their time, they had to record. They had to script the video. I mean, the script the video recorded and edited. So now they say, hey, um, I'm going to let somebody edit. I only script and record. This is what this is the way batching works. Right. Creators. So then they get to the point where they say, hey, maybe I can let somebody else help with scripting. I tell them these are the video concepts that I want. If you're good at writing, can you write my outlines for me? Now they hire somebody else that who's great at writing, who can do that quickly. Now scripting and editing are outsourced and all they have to do is record. So they're buying back more time. So now the time they used to spend recording, I mean, the, the time they used to spend editing, they're no longer doing that. Right. Okay. Got back hours. The time they spent scripting, they no longer, they're no longer doing that. And so now right. they can move on to make the next couple of videos. So now they have all these videos in the can. And so where they were putting out one video per month, because they've sped up their processes, they now are able to start putting out two to three videos. I'm sorry, one video per week. They're now able to start putting out two to three videos per week because of delegation and batching. Did I break it down good enough? No, you broke it down. I mean, that, that, that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. I, I want to use an example as well as far as just being able to to scale being a create a creator, right? Yeah. Um, if I'm not sure if, if, if anybody on here is familiar with B Simone, right? Okay. So well, B Simone, like she started out, she was a a, a online personality, mm -hmm. right? As a result of her being an online personality, she got on wild and out. As a result of wilding out, you know what I'm saying? That opened up some other doors for us. So you think, okay, well, what, what about her story, right? As a result of her being an online personality, she came out with like a beauty line, right? So she went from, okay, I'm generating re revenue from being an online content creator. I have an opportunity to now get a bigger platform. Hmm, 
Now let me go ahead and let me create this product line because I have people tuned in, rocking with me, asking me about certain aspects about my beauty or whatever regimen. So boom, let's do a let's do a product line. Then I'm going to write a book. Right. So now I have a book telling you how I manifested these things. Right. Then I still take my show on the road. Right. I, I, I can sing or rap or whatever. So now I'm going to put out some some music as well. Right. So it's like now it's like because you're this creative person and it's like, OK, well, how do I scale it? Part of her scaling process was now creating different products and making them available to her audience and to her fan base and the people that's rocking with her, right? So it's like you have that way to where we can batch, we can automate, delegate, and then this other way where same and the same thing. She's still using that batching, that delegation, automation because she definitely brought on people. I can guarantee you, she ain't the one that made the product line, but right. she brought somebody on to help her with that product line. So right. I understand that she ain't the, was the one that wrote the book. She brought on somebody to ghostwrite and help write the book. You know what I'm saying? So right. these are uh, editing and proofreading and all of that. You ain't, you're not doing all that by yourself. So yeah, that's definitely true. And and what you're saying is, so she's using delegation and batching because they're like, oh, I don't know about all that. But she actually kept using more creativity. She yeah. kept creating new, pro not new videos because she started right. out doing online videos. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to keep making new videos. Now yeah. I need to pivot and add a new product line. Exactly. Right. Maybe I, this. Let's go back to a restaurant. Maybe they only had chicken sandwiches, but now we need to add a salad because that's right. going to appeal to a different group of people. Exactly. Right. So she was making videos. So you think, well, I'm gonna just make more videos, more videos, more videos, more videos. That would be just kind of stuck on the creation of the videos. Yep. No, I am a creator. So now, because every day I get up, I put my makeup on. Da da da. I'm into beauty. I'm going to create something ar around that. And, and then I'm going to create a book around that. So she keeps creating new product lines. And then she takes the time to mine the business of that new product line that she just created. Exactly. And let me point this out. point again, back to the CEO piece. She didn't do it all at one time. Right. right? She, she did it all in stages and phases. Right. And part of it, too, was the market to tell you what they want. So the market is asking for some of these things. So that was like, aha. OK, since the market's asking for this from me. Let me provide that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so there's a demand that's there for it. Demand, so, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to go back to this. Give us some. So you said to be Simone. Mm -hmm. I talked about a creator YouTubers, and I didn't give right. name any specific names. Now I want to get specific. There's a company called Think Media, mm -hmm. right? So if you uh, you may have seen their videos come on, it was founded by a guy named Sean Cannell. Sean Cannell was a YouTuber. He was making all the videos himself. His videos is pretty much on how to scale up your videos on YouTube. Like he's, he did well on YouTube and he started educating other people. Right. How to dial in their YouTube videos, what what products should they get, uh, cameras, microphones, things like that, uh, how to script your videos, intros, outros, end credits, thumbnails, like all of those things is what he's talking about. How to that's that's what he does. But here's the thing. Even if he outsourced scripting and outsourced editing, there was still a bottleneck to how much he could grow. Right. Just as a creator by himself, because he had to be the one to do the recording script, right. edit. I mean, script, record, edit. Right. So he had to be the recording. But he started realizing, what if I could get somebody else to record videos doing this, talking about the same thing I'm talking about? Now I could get more videos put out. So instead of it just being on Sean Count, Sean, his Sean Cannell, his own YouTube channel, he created Think Media, the agency. Right. So now these these videos are not coming just from Sean. They're coming from a group of people who all work for Think Media and Think Media is helping you think about your online presence. Right. So he had. I mean, there's a guy named Omar on there. I think his wife was on there. He's making videos. That's three people right there. I think there's a fourth person. I can't remember their name. So now when you become an agency, same thing. We're on wow. one channel, but it's four of us making videos. So now I'm definitely not doing one video per week or just three videos per week because I've dialed in my delegation and my uh, my my batching. No, I'm doing freaking four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten videos a week, which now is feeding the algorithm even more. And so right. I'm able to grow. Right. And so you're like, well, so I just want, I just want, I just want people to realize there is the idea of an agency model. You can turn almost anything into an agency. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, no, listen. So going back to that, like understanding, like anybody, you know, you may heard of earn your leisure. Like that is, it started off as one platform, but like you said, they're, they're an agency. They have other podcasters that are, that come up under that brand of earn your leisure. You know so, what I'm saying? So, so go back. This is two guys earn your leisure. No. They were doing a podcast. Exactly. It was growing. It was going well. And you're saying now there are other people whose podcast is on Earn Your Leisure? Exactly. They they have their Earn Your Leisure network, and there's other people that are on that network. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ash Cash is a part of Earn Your Leisure. David Shands, I know, but even him, he's branching off and doing his own and having his own agency, but he started off on, you know, Earn Your Leisure and things like that. So, yep. yeah, no, that agency model, that's a way to where you can scale, right, to where now, okay, I'm not solely doing everything. I'm not even the one that's doing all of the content now. I was able to partner with other people to do the content, help them get to give them a platform, right? And they give me a percentage of what it is that they're bringing in, a part of their revenue. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 it's, it's yeah, always it's, it's, it's always ways to scale. Again, they went from a podcast to yep. seeing themselves as a network, right? Right. Exactly. So what is it's, it's and it goes back to what we're talking about, which is the the creator to CEO mindset. mindset. They went from seeing themselves as a just podcast creators to the CEO of a podcast network. Exactly. This is a different only the only thing different is how they see it. Once That's you it. see it differently, you're gonna implement things in a different way. Oh what oh, wait, hold <laughs> on, hold on. Yeah. Once you see things differently, then you're going to implement things in a different way, right? Yes. That reminds me of a scripture. As a man thinketh, he is. So, come so, on. That's you, all I'm saying. You don't see yourself that way. You're going to govern exactly, yourself. Exactly. Accordingly. So when you solely think of yourself as a creative, and we're saying, listen, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that. We're just saying, when you solely see yourself as a creative, you think and act like a creative. Right. And once you transition to CEO, now you're going to start thinking and acting like a CEO. We're not telling you to get rid of that creative side. We're just saying in this creative entrepreneurship, as a creativepreneur, you have to be now a CEO because you're going to think differently. And as mm -hmm. you think differently, you're going to be and do differently. Right. You're going to then grow. You're going to then profit. You're going to get returns on your investment. Exactly. And that's when you can start building a company and you start adding more people and more resources and you start making more impact. Right. And having more influence and all that type of stuff. OK, so here's the thing. Ron and I are talking about it. And I want to talk. I want to talk about my aha moment from when I went from a creator to CEO mindset, I would say. But I want to say that in future episodes, we are going to interview. I just want to re reiterate, we're going to be interviewing some of these people and we're going to listen to them talk about how they went from one level of creativity to another level of creative output as a creative entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So some of the names that we, we just named and people beyond, we're going to say like, okay, Sean Run says it's possible. We know that there are people, there are proof. But what exactly happened? Like, how did you, because how did you just start? There's plenty of podcasts who are not networks. So something had to happen in their mind and we can't unpack it all right here on the episode. It, it, the best way to do it is to let you hear yourself from those who've done it. Okay. Exactly. So just, just be looking forward to that. So, cause I'm excited about some of the people that we're going to be interviewing and the things that you all, and we all, we all all be able to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I said I was going to talk about something. Right? Yeah, no, your aha, your, your aha moment, your aha. When when you made that transition, when Shy Speaks was like, okay, I am no longer just a creative anymore, but I am a creative entrepreneur or a creativepreneur. Okay, so I will say there were several moments. There, there there were actually several moments for me when I realized, oh, oh, oh. But when I think about them, they all relate to. Uh, me being able to use my creativity for a like kind of like a money making project. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just me creating for my own sake of creativity. Some kind of opportunity was presented to me. I would be able to make money, but by using my own creativity. Right. So it, it, it was always something like that. I'll give you one that's the most standout because it was several. But there was a time where I was approached by a corporation. I'd always been approached by corporations as an artist to come in on certain special occasions and accompany events to provide 
my performance services, right? Mm -hmm. So I myself had to do that and be there. But one time I was contacted by a corporation to create video, right? Some some creative video that they can show during their uh, conferences, their seminars online. Wow. Like they just wanted to be have these multi-purpose videos that comprise of both entertainment, but also kind of told the story of what happens in their business exchange. And so they they tapped me because they knew I could do the entertainment piece, but they also saw me as a writer. They didn't just see me as a performer, the service that I perform if I was there live. They saw me as being able to write and script out like skits and you see all right. of that kind of stuff, right? So the company reaches out to me and they offered me, should I tell them the amount? Tell them I mean, you, you can, you can. Okay. Hey. They want me to do three videos, right? Okay. Three videos and they want me to show uh, networking. They want me to show uh, community and they want me to show, it was some other concept and they right. wanted some, some music or some type of poetry entertainment wrapped in that. Right. $7,500. Right. Right. $7,500. Take a song. And all I was going to do is take music and then chop in a few, like something from a skit, just like take the video, add some B-roll into it on top of music. And then I would have, I would be done. Right. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is almost $10,000 right. to make three videos. Let's be clear. Right. Something that I already, the three songs or the three like entertainment pieces that comes to me naturally. I already have concepts in mind as soon as they said community networking or whatever the other themes were i already knew the three songs that i want to do so guess what all i, I had i tapped in i delegated right. half of the task to somebody else and of, of, of their role that they would help me play in it because i didn't want it to be all me right because right. i wanted to i wanted to have um uh, the feminine and the masculine both in there so i tapped a male artist and then also uh i wanted to have some kind of layers to it I scripted what the B-roll would look like. The B-roll would show them that community, all those themes. I picked the songs. I put them together. I, I also delegated. I found somebody to contract to film us. We went to film it. We did all of this in, I want to say I, I booked like a space for about two hours and right. a videographer for about two hours. Right. asked the person to come with me. We did that for two hours there, doing the scripting part, more of like the, um, the, the TV scripting side that would be the B-roll. Right. We spent another two hours um, in the studio creating the live performance of the entertainment piece. And then all that was passed over to the videographer to splice up together. So for about four hours of my time, right. I paid $7,500 for right. something for a corporate thing. And I realized like, ooh, oh, right. Like, so right. half of, listen, I talked about four hours that I did, but there were hours that went into editing that I didn't do. Right. There was other some time that went in that I hired the other person to come along with that I didn't do. That that was right. their role. I pretty much facilitated the thing. I was almost like I was like producing it. Yeah. But as an artist, I allowed myself to make appearance in it as well. So mm -hmm. I wrote, script, produced, spent about four hours, maybe five hours total doing this. And boom, seventy five hundred dollars from corporation. Three videos. And I was just kind of like, wow. This was not for my own music. I wasn't creating right. a new song for me to release to my right. audience and right. gain new fans. I wasn't doing a voiceover for something that I, this was specifically for someone else. And I was going to make money from it. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'll make money. I'll be creative. And I saw my creativity in a different light that I could be tapped by other people who are tapping different layers or different aspects of my creativity to produce something. And I make money. And it was, it was a great, I'm telling you, it, I could talk about it all day. Yeah. It was just great. I loved it. Five hours, right. $7,500. Where they do that at? And, and you didn't compromise your creative integrity or anything like that. Right. Right. So um, my aha moment is very, it's very similar. Right. Uh, my aha moment was, I was commissioned by a corporation to do something similar. They came to me asking me to um, create a song for some one of their events or their some day that they had some special day. Right. So they came to me. They asked me, you know, what would I charge to do it? So what what I did, because once again, it, it was out of my wheelhouse as a producer. Now, mind you, I'm a producer, but it was out of my wheelhouse. I don't produce that style of music and, you know, whatever the case may be. But I still knew I had human resources and other resources I can tap into to where I can delegate. So I reached out to my producer friend. I said, Hey, this is, I got this project. What would you charge for this? He told me what he charged. I'm like, okay, bet we're going to need some singers. I reached out to my singers. Like, Hey, I got this project. What would you charge for this? They told me what they charge. 
right? So I was able to pull all these things together, right? Got their price of what they charge, tacked on my fee on what I charge, submitted that, and they blink, they, they ain't blinking an eye at it. They was like, okay, bet that's what we need. So I was able to executive produce it. I brought all everything together, made sure it got done, submitted it. They loved it, right? Then they was like, okay, we want some sheet music. So I reached out to another partner of mine who does sheet music. Like, hey, what you would charge me for this? He charged me for this, upcharge, right? right. Like, okay, I know y'all already paid for the original. That's what y'all paid for, but y'all asked me for this. So now it's a couple bands more, right? So when it was all said and done, it was about a $10,000 project. Mm -hmm. Once again, I was able to, once again, now mind you, these are people that I've used before in the past. I'm, and and I, I was able to pay them more than I paid them in the past because once again, I'm, get, I'm getting the bag for now. You know what I'm saying? Before it's like, I'm kind of, I'm coming out of my pocket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Re recreating for the love of it. But this here, once again, being able to utilize my gifts and talents, not compromising who I am as a creative, as a producer, because I'm, I'm a purist at heart. Right. But this is something where it's like, yo, I see that you have this gift and this skill and this talent. Can you do this for our corporation that we want to use for this? And once again, it was an aha moment like, oh, snap, wait a minute. Like I can get paid to utilize my gifts and my talents opposed to going to a job that I can't stand. Or you, and I'm not and I'm or not even that I can't stand, but I'm going to a job to where I'm not utilizing my gifts, my skills and my talent. Right. So it's like I can now use my gifts and my skills and my talent to bring in revenue for my business and my family and things like that. Right. So not just for yourself, but you're also able to create revenue for other people exactly. simply by, right. So you were, you were mining the situation. So you knew, let's go back to what we were talking about as an executive producer, yep. which is similar to being a chief executive officer, exactly. a CEO. I knew I needed to make a profit out of it. So if they're going to give us 10,000, I need my expenses to be lower than this. I need to be able to make a return on whatever we got to invest in to make this project happen. If we need a new plug-in or a new whatever, I don't know what happens in that producer world. But if I need something different, I'm going to invest in it, but I'm going to get a return on it because I'm going to make that here. So, And so then, boom, I'm going to provide you this one thing. And then there was even some growth there, right? Because yeah. now I, I provided you one service, but I actually can provide you another service with the sheet music and all that kind of stuff. So I can continue to do that. And so now, Bro, you could get to the point where it's like every time I'm around corporate people, I let them know that this is what I do and I'm getting paid. And then in the entire time, I'm not you. You wasn't the only one doing. You didn't do all the video, do all the singing, do all of this, do all of that, because that's what we talk, talk about. Embracing the idea that as a creative, you can scale. But you got to first realize, man, I got I would have to write this and I would have to sing this and I would have to do that. And I would have to do this and do this and do that. And you you be so far spent the amount of time you spend on it. You, yeah, you should have gotten 10,000. But when you get to the point where I can do it quicker, shorter, faster, because I can delegate and I can batch and I can do those types of things. Right. So this is I just want to make sure this is clear. Like those are aha moments for us. So here's one of the things I want to do. I want to encourage you, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur and you're new to the game. Now, if you're not new to the game and you're ready to start here in the gyms, then wait for the next episode because we're going to start interviewing some of the six, seven and even eight figure uh, entrepreneurs who are doing what we're talking about. But if you're right. new to the game or feel like you're trying to learn where to scale, I want to encourage you to take on a money making project that taps your creativity. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I, I just need you to simply say, listen, if something comes my way, it's not for my own album. It's not for my own uh, floral project. It's not for a balloon arch in my space for my portfolio. This is not for my portfolio at all. This is just simply somebody's coming at me with something and I'm going to say yes, because yes, I'm going to use my creativity. Right. But at the same time, I'm going to make money. And once you begin to start seeing yourself make money from your creativity now you start realizing okay i made money okay now how can i make more profit how can i make more profit how can i make more profit how can i and sometimes that may involve me having to make a bigger investment maybe i'm a makeup artist or i provide some type of makeup service in order for me to make more profit i and i may have to buy in a bigger bulk which is a bigger investment right so if i do go from buying a hundred of these per, at a time to buying a thousand, right? So that I can sell more makeup, whatever this creative thing that you're doing. I'm just using this as an example. It's going to be a higher investment, but how can I make a return on that? 
And then how can I grow? Who, how do I need to position? What is the strategy? Do I need to come out with a limited time only? Do I need to, do I need to make price it differently? I just want you to listen. I'm just saying first, but none of that will happen until you embrace the fact that I just need to take on something that is not for my own creative fashion. It's not, it's just not for me. It's not for my audience It's because I can just simply use my creativity to make a living and, and things are going to start shifting for you. I promise. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So listen, we can continue to go on and on and we want to, but we are going to have to call it for this episode. Once again, tap in with us because we are going to get deeper and deeper as the time permits and as time goes on. Right. But we definitely, you know, we, we, we want to wind it down because we don't want to keep y'all here too long. We appreciate appreciate y'all being here, spending the time with us for this amount of time that you have been on this episode. Um, and we don't want to abuse that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we definitely don't want to abuse it. We want to keep our episodes uh to about 45 minutes or less. And we've gave given you some extra games that we're over time. So thank you so much for uh tagging in with us, staying in with us, wrapping your mind around the creator to CEO mindset mm-hmm. and the importance of transitioning right into that. Like, so I'm I'm, I'm happy that you rock with us. Ron, you got something else you want to tell them to do? Most definitely. We want you all to join the Creative Corner community, right, which is a Facebook group and a newsletter. If you go to the mmcbpodcast.com, right, you'll be able to join the newsletter. And once you join the newsletter, you'll also get an invite to join our Facebook community where you'll be surrounded by other creatives who desire to be entrepreneurs or who are already entrepreneurs um, to where we can now be in a community where we are amongst people that think like us, understand like us, because there's other creative or not. There's other entrepreneur environments um, and they, you know, entrepreneurs themselves solely, they think and function a little bit differently. But those who are creative, um, we think a little certain way. So to be able to be surrounded by uh, peers that are on the same journey as you be a part of our creative corner. So, yes, go to the mmcbpodcast.com to join two day all right you got it mmcbpodcast.com we look forward to seeing you in the community as always i want you to say this out loud with me all it takes all it takes is intention is intention consistency consistency and laser focus and laser focus to mind my creative business that's it thank y'all so much my name is shy speaks and I am Ron, ironically. Thank you for tuning in to the MMCB podcast. Peace.